How are we all this morning? Good. Okay. Praise the Lord. You know, it's always great to come in the house of the Lord and celebrate together as a family. And um, today, um, if you're new here today, if this is your first time here, um, over the last two weeks we've been talking about the authority, the five keys of authority. And um, this is a book by Leo Harris, the founder of our movement. And um, last week, Steve, Pastor Steve was talking about the authority of Christ. And this week, we'll be talking about the authority of the believer. So in this book, we have the five keys of authority. First one last week was the authority of Christ. The second one this week, we'll be talking about the authority of the believer. And then we have three more, the authority of the Word of God, the authority of the ministry, and the authority of Christ in the local church. Um, and we were talking about the, um, the authority and the power. This is Pastor Leo Harris. This is the founder of our movement. Um, and he's got a, a book called The Legacy. And part of this is in his book. And it's a great book. I recommend everybody, if you want to know more about our movement, it's in this book. Victory and revival come only through the delegated authority of Christ to us. Victory and revival come only through the delegated authority of Christ to us. We've got the five keys up here. The authority of Christ, the authority of the believer, the authority of the word of God, the authority of the ministry, and the authority of Christ in the local church. So this week we are talking about the authority of the believer. So who's the believer? Yay, hallelujah. If you're not a believer, I think by the end of today you will be one. Amen? (laughs) Praise God. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying that as a joke. And, you know, that is part of who we are. You know, you're not here just by an accident. You're here because God wants you to listen to something. So you have that authority. If you want it, you need to listen to this and claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians 1. If you want to turn to your Bibles, or I've got it up here. Ephesians 1, verses 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious name, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Verse 11, it says, In him we were also chosen, 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a zeal, the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that may you, that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy place, in his holy people, and his comparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the right, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for this word of encouragement, this word um, declaring who we are and who um, who are we in you, Lord. Lord, I pray as we listen to your word, as I speak, Lord, that you will just open the eyes of our heart that we may hear you in Jesus' name. Before we go on, I just want to read a couple of verses. Introduction to authority and power. This is um, in Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. This is the King James Version. Behold, I give unto you power. Pastor Steve, can you say that loud in Greek? Ex- exousia. To trend on serpents and scorpions and overall the power, that is, doing a miss, of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this is the King James Version. Now, If we go to the NIV, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Great word. Also looking in in another version, it says, um, it shows, sorry, it shows that the believer, Luke 10, 19 shows that the believer has a comfort, delegated authority, over all the power of Satan. I want to repeat that. Luke 10 shows that the believer that is us has a conferred, delegated authority over the power of Satan. Victory comes only through delegated authority. Victory comes only through delegated authority. We also look in Acts, Acts chapter 1. Verse 7, this is the King James Version. He said, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. Own power, exousia. But in the other uh, translation, it says, But ye shall receive power, that is dunamis, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, all in Judea, 
and in Samaria and until the end of the world. Also in the ESV version, he says, He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power with the Holy Spirit that has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. You know, the epistle of Paul to the Ephesians falls into two natural um, sections. If we look at the first three chapters of, um, of Ephesians, this is a positive presentation of the believer's position in Christ. Our position in Christ. And he concludes with this inspiring doxology. Now unto him that he, that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, throughout all the world without end. Amen. That's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Before we go on, oh, sorry, this is the second. The second is the second last three chapters. The second is the last three chapters deals with the believer's practical um, living. So the first part of Ephesians, we see the presentation of the believer's position in Christ. That's from chapter 1 to chapter 3. So from chapter 4 to chapter 6, we see that it deals with the believer's practical living. It deals with our living, how we're supposed to live. The first one here, it's our legal standing from chapter 1 to 3. Our legal standing before God. It deals with our legal standing before God. In in the last um, section, it, it, it is our actual state in our Christian life. Then when we come down, it deals with our wealth. It deals with the things that we have. But in the last um, three sections, it, it, it deals with our walk with Christ. Then we look at the, um, the next one. It shows us our rights in Christ. And then the last part, it shows our responsibility in Christ or our responsibility on this earth. The first part, it's doctrinal. The last part is practical. So that's for all of us. So there is something that has been planted in us, and then there is part of it that we had to outwork it. Amen? Hallelujah. It is important that we understand the divine order. First our standing and then our state. This is our standing, the first part of it. And the last part is our state. So many Christians are trying to perfect their state in order to gain a right standing with God. And that is sad because this is contrary to, to God's method. Okay? First, he gives us a right standing. He asks us to believe it. And then he gives us the power to live accordingly. Our standing, our position, our wealth, our right, our privileges, these are a grace from God. 
This is from His grace, giving it to us. We didn't own it. He had it, but He gave it for us. If He would attend to our state, our walk, our responsibilities in our daily life, we must accept the revelation of our identity in Christ. We must know who we are in Christ. This morning we're talking about the authority of a believer. That is you. That is me. Do we know where we stand? Do we know who we are in Christ? Do you know? Sometimes we get distracted and we think that we are all that we are. You didn't get there because of your own ability, because of your own um, gifting, because of your own um, pride. God put you somewhere because you are in him. Faith in this divine revelation as set forth in the first three chapters in Ephesians will give us the power to walk worthy of our vocations wherewith we are called as required as required of us through the last three chapters. So wherever you go, God is with you. We are called. You are called for a purpose. And God has taken you somewhere. And God is taking you somewhere, not because you want to go, no, because he will. He wants you to go. So let us see how the truth shines forth in Ephesians. This thing comes up. <laughs> there we go. Okay, first, eulogized by God in Christ. Eulogized in God, by God in Christ. Okay, eulogized means we are rooted. Okay, eulogized means speaking of. All right, speaks highly of us as he sees us in Christ. So for us believers, God speaks of us. Why? Because we, his son lives inside us. We are in his son. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Meaning that God praises you highly. He speaks of you highly. If you think you are nothing, brothers and sisters, you are something because you are a child of God. We are a child of God. We are children of God. He declares that our atomic nature is dead. Okay? We are dead. We are crucified with Christ. Romans 6 verse 6 to 11. He declares that we are new creatures in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. He declares that we are raised with Christ. And we are seated with him in the heavenly places. We can find that in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3. All that Christ did was not for himself. He did it for you. He did it for us. He came here to die because of you. He took his robe to come to this earth because of you, because of me, 
because of who we are, of what we have done. This is God's method of dealing with us. It has always been the same. He gives his word and call upon us to believe it, and he called upon us to act it. Jesus came, he showed it to us, he showed the way, how we're going to live, how we're going to do this, how we're going to heal, how we're going to pray. All these things, he done it himself, why? For us to see. He didn't send anybody else, but he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to, to show it to us. And you know what? This method was also um, used by the devil. Remember in the Garden of Eden, when he came to tempt Eve? He spoke to her. He gives his word. He calls upon her to believe it. And he told her to act upon it. What we knew, Eve did it. She listened to the voice. She grabbed the fruit. She ate it. That's how we got to this place. We were not intended for this. God intended us better things for us. The second point that I want to bring is our communion with Christ. Apart from Christ, we are dead. We are dead in trespasses. We are dead in our sins. However, however, God called upon us to identify ourselves in his son. Believing that we are crucified with him. Believing that we are buried and we are raised with him. This union of the believer is seen in two aspects. So one our legal identification. I just want to read uh, a little bit from Pastor Leo's book, The Five Keys um, of Authority. Page 17, he says, This deals with our legal standing before God. The moment we accept Christ and are justified in him, we are given a position. We are given a judicial position, a legal standing before a holy God. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23 contains Paul's prayer that we might be spiritually enlightened concerning our identity, our identification in Jesus. Paul prayed, this is what Paul prayed, that ye may know what is the exceedingly greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion every name that is named, not only in, it, in this world, but also in the one which is to come. Then in chapter 2, Paul declares that God has quickened us. He made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We can see that in verses 4 to 6. So in the mind and purpose of God, when Christ died, we died in him. This is in the mind and purpose of God. When he died, we died in him. 
when he was raised, we were raised with him. When, and when he ascended to the Father's right hand, we also ascended with him. We also ascended with him and sat down with him on the throne of God. You know, these are our privileges. These are the privileges that God has given us. This is our legal standing before God. The second one is our vital indwelling. Not only God has given us a legal identification in Christ, which we must accept by faith, but he has wrought a vital experience in us by who? By his Holy Spirit. By his Holy Spirit. Writing to the Galatians, Paul says, Because ye are sons, God hath made sin forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Do you think we can cry, Abba, Father? No. It has to come within our hearts. Why? Because the Spirit is in our hearts. Jesus lives inside of our hearts. Our Adamic spirit is dead to God. But since the new birth, we are endowed by the spirit of divine sonship. So that Paul could say, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. So we are one with the Lord. We are one with his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, again, the apostle Paul could testify in Galatians. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but who? Christ that lives in me. I now live in the flesh. I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle John also commented on this. He said, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is God that is living in us than he, the one that is roaming around to devalue. Remember, he has no right. And the devil, he is dead. He has no right. He is a created being by God. He has fallen. God took authority over him. And you know what? God has given us that authority. God has given you that authority to stand against him, to stand against all his schemes. Praise God. Galatians 4, 6, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Galatians 2.20, no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. First John chapter 4 verse 4, it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So what is our result? Where do we stand? The authority of a believer. The result of our union with Christ Inasmuch as we are identified in Christ, all that is said concerning Christ is said also concerning us. 
all that has been said concerning Christ, it is also concerning us. In eulogizing Jesus, the Father is speaking of us in Christ. Why? Because he sees us in Christ. He sees us in his Son. Jesus has been given all authority. Jesus has been given all authority. Matthew 28, verse 18. So have we. God gave the authority to his Son. You have also been given the authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample on serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses, and nothing shall harm you in any way. That's assuring words. This is God talking to us. Through the cross, Jesus has defeated Satan. And he's giving his authority to us. We have been given authority over the devil and his works. Satan was bruised beneath the feet of Christ. We see that in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Satan is also bruised under our feet. Hallelujah. Romans 16, 20 says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Shortly, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So if Jesus went through this, brothers and sisters, you can go through it too. Satan is legally placed beneath the feet of Jesus Christ. That is subject to his authority. Satan is also placed beneath our feet. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. And also in Psalms 91 verse 13. I haven't got that. You can look that in your Bibles. The last one. As Christ was sent into the world, so have we. So, this is not our place. This is where we come and feed. This is where we come and encourage. This is where we come and equip. But this is not our place. Our place is out there. Our place is outside. Jesus took his disciples. He didn't stay with 12 disciples. He multiplied. But how? They came together. They fed each other. They encouraged each other. They lifted each other up. Like what Jamie said this morning. If you're hungry for it, you need to be hungry for it. If you're hungry for it, you need to go for it. Like on earth, on, on our earthly, in our, in, as humans, we're hungry, we look for food. It's the same with our spiritual lives. Are we hungry for God? If we're not hungry for God, I don't think we know where we stand. Because God did not place you here just to beautify this earth, no. That was might, might be his plan before. But when we sinned, everything changed. So God is looking for people to do it. God is looking for people to work. God is looking for servant hearts to serve. He's looking for the believer 
if we really believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, we should be doing the same thing that he is doing. We have been given the power of attorney. Okay. These are all legal matters. <laughs> you know, power of attorney. We know somebody has to represent you. Who are we representing? Are you representing your own self? Brother and sister, that's the wrong thinking. We need to represent Christ. Jesus represented his father. Then he's gone back. We are here to represent Jesus Christ. And that is our mission. That is our goal. That is why we are here. Don't worry. We, we see the things that are happening, but you know, the word of God says, take courage because I am with you. Do not worry about the things of the world. They are carnal to me. Look at the end result. A lot of people say they do good. They are good. Are they really? God has placed each gift. You have your own gifts. We have our, you know, the, the gifts of the Spirit. We have our own ministry gifts. You know, it's time to explore those things. God, what can I do for your kingdom? God, what can I do? We need to ask God to help us. We can't do it on our own. But remember, he lives inside of us. And everywhere you go, you carry the presence of God. You don't carry yourself. You are a vessel to Christ. You are the vessel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He placed you here for a reason. And you know what? That is authority given to us. That is authority given to you and me. That is a privilege to share the word of God. Hey, I'm scared myself. Before I start speaking, I say, oh God, what am I going to oh. You know, what they're going to say? Things like that, you know, we we get scared. Don't worry. And, you know, God is always with us. As soon as we start opening our mouth, as soon as we start doing something, God will just use you. But you must believe in him. We have been given the power of turning, that is the authority to act on behalf of Jesus Christ. With his authority, we preach his gospel. With his authority, we lay hands on the sick. With his authority, we cast out demons. Jesus is the heir of all things, and we are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with his son. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. We share his throne rights here and now and shall rule with him in his kingdom in the coming age. Having the power to become the child of God is to be valued more than the power to cast out demons. Having the power to become the children of God is more value than casting out demons. God loves us. God loves you. So he is the key that can transform your life and open to the resources of the kingdom of God. Let us cease justifying failures and convert our excuses into testimonies. Let us lay hold of the key that is offered to, to us. Believe it and prove it.
You know, this is our God. This is, um, you know, words from, from our, our founder, Pastor Leo Harris. Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Okay? Nothing formed against us shall prosper. Why? Because you are the vessel of Jesus Christ. Christ lives in you and you live in him. I just want to share something um, in, in closing. Uh, we did have Kids Club and um, at the plaza this last three days. And it was good to see the hands of God. The thought of authority of the believer. We were planning that, okay, are we going to do this? Are we going to go out and, and do a show or, you know, and do our song and show the world what we're, but you know what? God has given us that authority. I went to the cleaner and I said, can I use that PowerPoint to plug my, the cereal on? He goes, oh, I don't know if it's working. I said, and he goes, I said, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll use it. I'll try it out. He asked me, you have authority? Did management say you can do it? <laughs> and I said, every kids club that we have done, we always had a show. We always had to declare Jesus. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and we did it. You know what? We, we have to take ownership when it comes to the things of God. Because you don't know who's in the crowd. But to tell you, everybody that was having lunch there, all the parents that came and watched their children, they were all in tears. They were all excited. They were happy and they were asking if we were going to come the next, you know, in the afternoon to do it. But you know what? If we take the small step and leap out in faith, God will use you. And God will use all these things, you know, to bring people to, to know that, okay, these are, you know, these are people of God. So there is a God. They need to listen to it. They need to hear it. But who's going to take it? The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few.